Welcome to Free Christian Church's Audio Outreach Ministries. For more information regarding the Audio Outreach Ministries, visit our website at freechristian.church to find links to our weekly podcast and past messages. Or you may contact the church office at area code 419-596-3103. And now, here's Pastor Jimmy Fry with today's message. I'll be preaching from Revelation 22, verse 17 and 18 is where we will read. So if you want to start turning there. The Spirit and the Bride say, Come. And let the one who hears say, Come. And let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. Let's pray. Lord, thank you again for the opportunity uh, to give an invitation. God, for the opportunity to hear an invitation. Lord, I pray for the hearts and the souls of this congregation today, both those that have been found and those that are still lost, that the Spirit would stir up something in our hearts today would cause us to long for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I don't know, not very often have I preached from the book of Revelation. Uh, it seems like any time in the church setting or outside of church setting, someone talks about Revelation and we get all these mixed emotions about it. Like some people get really excited. Yes, Revelation, I love Revelation. And some people are scared to death of Revelation, right? And I don't know what to tell you today to help that, but it's where we're at today. Uh, I recently started, and I've, and I've kind of avoided a deep study of the book of Revelation my whole life. And recently I, I have be, began to, to study in this. Uh, and I do want to teach a series on it or maybe preach a series on it at a later date. But I do want to set the record straight before we, we jump into it today. And, and that is this. We must recognize that the book of Revelation does not focus on the Antichrist. It is a focus on Jesus Christ. Okay? So let's just clarify that it is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so what that means, and this is where we start to get mixed up on the book of Revelation. Uh, so it's the revelation, singular, one revelation, not revelations, just one, of Jesus Christ. The Greek word here is Apocalypsis, I believe, which we get our English word apocalypse from, right? So when we think apocalypse, we get this Hollywood scene, right? But really what this, what this word means is an unveiling of. So the book of Revelation starts out in unveiling of Jesus Christ. It isn't some secret code that we have to try to solve this puzzle. It is an unveiling of Christ Jesus as King who is returning. That's Revelation in a nutshell. So there are many questions that we will get as we read through the book of Revelation. Uh, and many of them will remain until Christ returns. But what can clearly be understood 
is Jesus Christ is king and he's coming soon. That's clear. So many wonder about things, and some people have come up with some strange and crazy ideas and theories. But understand this, the book of Revelation will not and cannot contradict anything in the rest of Scripture. Don't read it separately. Read it together. So if the book of Revelation causes you to worship, if it causes for your soul to long deeper for his kingdom to come, and if it stirs your heart to reach the lost, then you can rest assured the book of Revelation is doing its job in your heart. John Oswald said our understanding must not be the measure of what God can do. As we read last week, his thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways. I read a story this week of a pastor who had arranged a gathering for a women's group in his church. Um, It was to be a garden party and the women were going to meet underneath the old oak tree outside of the church. And at the last moment in the morning of the party, the pastor discovered that he had left Sister Hissy Fit off of the invitation list. Yes, sometimes pastors do have nicknames for congregation members. So he called Sister Hissy Fit and he begged for her forgiveness. I'm so sorry I didn't catch this sooner. Would you please come to the garden party? Pleaded the pastor. Begging won't help you now, Pastor, said Miss Hissy Fit. I've already prayed for rain. In last week's sermon, I said many times we receive invitations from this world that are not meant for us. We often respond to invitations that were never meant for us to receive, always offering us something that the invitation cannot give. And in that, we are wasting our lives on worthless invitations. Listen, there is one invitation in this life that counts. One invitation to all that has been flawlessly delivered. And you might place it in your cabinet for later. You might tuck it away in your Bible. You might throw it in the trash, but all will receive it. What I'm saying is there will be no Miss Hissy Fits in heaven or at the gate complaining that they have not received an invitation. Scripture tells us in Romans 1, 19 and 20, for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. Dad has told the story in the past of someone asking the great evangelist George Whitfield why he preached so often, ye must be born again. And I love his answer, because you must be born again. 
Today I'm preaching as I did last week. You must be born again because you must be born again. Last week I preached on the invitation to come and this week I will again preach on the invitation to come. Why? Because you must be born again. If you have not been saved by grace through faith, then my prayer today is that you feel the flames of hell upon your heels. It all started in a garden. The great invitation to walk with God in the cool of the day. They just couldn't eat from the tree. The great invitation to peace with God was declined by Adam and Eve ushering in the curse of sin and death to all mankind, imputed on us. In Genesis 6-6, the Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. But a man named Noah found favor. Matthew Henry writes, God looks down upon those with an eye of favor who sincerely look up to him with an eye of faith. It is easy to be religious when religion is in fashion, but it shows strong faith and resolution to swim against the stream and to appear for God when no one else appears for him. Noah did so. A great boat was constructed and the door laid open wide and the sinful people scoffed at the invitation. And God closed the door and with that the invitation, taking only Noah and his family while the rest of the world perished. In Exodus, the Lord wrote an invitation with his finger, the Ten Commandments, and said, Do this and you shall live. Rebellious mankind, RSVP'd, no, we will not. In Deuteronomy 30, 19, the invitation says, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live. And many choose death. He then sent prophets with an invitation to turn or they would surely die. And they cast the Lord's prophets into fiery furnaces. They tossed them into the dens of lions and even sawed some of them into two. And then he sent his only son, introducing him as the lamb who takes away the sins of the world. In human form, he spent his life in ministry, inviting the world to come. He said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And the mob cried, invitation declined. 
They called his invitation blasphemy. He stood in unfair trial for treason and was found guilty. He was mocked and he was beaten unrecognizable. They plucked the hair from his face in a crown of thorns placed upon his head. Nails driven through his hands and his feet. He's lifted high upon an old rugged cross and a sword ran through his side. Mankind has a historic problem with this great invitation. The Bible is the story of God calling men back into the purpose of our very existence. His word is the story of redemption. We created in his image to know the blessing of living in harmony with God, the blessing of reflecting his glory back to him. Yet all throughout history, men continually reject the gospel invitation. Man will continually deify himself, telling God, no, this is who you are, and this is how you save. We've tore up the invitation of a gracious and merciful God. We mock and we distort his word for our worldly gains, and here at the end of Revelation, Though we've lied, though we've mocked, though we've murdered, though we've blasphemed, though we've committed cosmic treason against the holy God, right before the book is closed and Revelation reads, I warn every one of you who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in the book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city which is described in this book. God looks down at John the revelator who is anxiously awaiting the next words to pen and he says one last thing, John. Write this one last thing. Invite them to come again. I know they've cursed me. I know they've rejected me and cast me aside, but send them one last invitation to come to me. And to think this world has the audacity to ask, how could a loving God allow, cause such suffering and pain and travesty? When the real question is, how can a holy God be so patient with such an enemy? Which time can be spent here at the end of Revelation trying to figure out the dialogue here? Who's talking and to whom are they talking to? When I read these words, I read them like the closing selection of a great symphony with each instrument raising its voice in a swelling flood of music and emotion. Desires are ringing from the voices of Christ's church. We hear the voice of John and the voice of the Spirit through the bride and ultimately we hear the voice of Christ himself from the throne. 
It says, the Spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. Some scholars will say that this is the response of the church to the promise of Christ's return. That it is the bride longing for a groom. Other scholars will say that it is the last evangelical call of the church to a weary world to come. And I wrestled with this for a long time this week. And the conclusion that I came to is it's got to be both. It's got to be both of those things. Both of these responses are the true markings of a Christian, right? It's a case of respond and repeat. We respond to the call of the Spirit through the church, the the preaching of the gospel, and then we repeat the call because that same Spirit now resides within us. Also as new creations, as the bride of Christ, our souls long to be with the Lord. Our prayer too is as John writes at the end of Revelation, come Lord Jesus. So there's an issue. It's a good litmus test here as to whether or not you are truly a believer of Jesus Christ. And one is, do you long for the return of Christ? And the second is, do you long to see others come to Christ? Then seemingly, John breaks in here, raising the conductor's baton and calling upon all those who hear. And that's you today, a hearer that that had heard the promise or will hear the promise to join in the song, to join in the finale of the song of the redeemed. And then Christ takes the podium. And from his great throne, he commands a sustain. He says, hold the song, hold it steady, hold the song loud, let the invitation note ring without cutting it off. He's calling for the church choir to sing. They're longing for the bride. Hold the crescendo of the gospel aloud because the ensemble is not complete. The Lord delays his return. And 2 Peter 3, 9 tells us why. It says the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is patient toward you. Not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach Repentance. Christ steps in with one last invitation. And let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who desires take the water of life without price. This is a whosoever invitation. 
not wishing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. His desire is for mankind who fell away in the garden to come back to him. Not just come to him thirsty, but come thirsty with a desire to take water. Because the saying is true. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Showing up at the shoreline, you may hear the water trickle. You may see the water flow. You may notice things that this water has given life to, but you must drink of the water yourself. And that requires a humbling of ourselves. It is a bending of our knee upon the bank. That's repentance. That's confessing our sins, confessing that we are the reason we have fallen short. God knows and God hears all things. But the only prayer of the wicked to which he will listen is a prayer of genuine repentance. God did the work to bridge the gap that we created in our sin. And he offers this gift free. But listen, that does not mean it is cheap. It costs God a lot. Isaiah 59, 1 and 2, I love this. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save. Or his ear dull that it cannot hear, but your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. God has not grown weaker over time. He has not lost control no matter how much more sinful and depraved we have become in this world. He is as omnipotent as he has ever been. He's not hard of hearing like the idols of our life that never hear our cries for help. God's not the problem. We are the problem. The hindrance is on our side. It's our sin. Matthew Henry said, See here sin in its true colors. Exceedingly sinful. And see sin in its consequences. Exceedingly hurtful. Separating from God. And so separating us not only from all good, but to all evil. But listen to me, don't believe the lie that your sin is too great or that you are too far gone because His grace is greater than all our sin. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be 
wiped out. Wiped out. I see too many times in ministry. Now, I haven't been in ministry my whole life, but I was raised in ministry. So I've seen it happen even as a child where someone's business will begin to fail. Or someone's kid will get sick. Or someone will receive an urgent call, typically medical, and perspectives change. The things that should have been important all along suddenly and instantly become important. I sat with a young man one time, a young father who was getting ready to have valve replacement surgery. He had me come to his house, and he was scared of dying. Really scared of dying in front of his family, his wife, and his kids. He was weeping. I don't want to die. I I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to leave behind my wife and my kids. And I remember specifically having the conversation with him. Don't want God now and leave him later. And he went through an eight-hour surgery. And he's healthy as can be. And not only did he leave the church, but he left his wife. It happens all the time. We want God for a moment. We'll take that invitation until he gets our life back where we are comfortable. And then we walk away. He didn't want to be possessed by Christ. He wanted to use him. And that happens all too often. You see, he RSVP'd to the invitation, but he never actually showed up to the banquet. This invitation is really multifaceted. Scripture says you must come. But more than come, it says you must desire to drink. And obviously, you must drink of the water. Revelations 22, 1 tells us this water of life is not a stagnant cup of water. Rather, it is a river. Bright as a crystal, it says, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, the same one who takes away the sin of the world. I love the usage of the word take here in this invitation of Christ. It it inputs an assertiveness from the receiver to, to lay hold by aggressively accepting what is offered. I like that. Because salvation isn't something that is passively accepted. The sinner receives salvation, reaches for salvation like oxygen as your head breaks above the water after you've just made a deep dive. Remember that, believers, when you were convicted of your sin and you saw Christ in all of his glory, what did it do? The first breath of life. 
It's transforming. This world hates the invitation of a true promise of good. It hates the invitation of a promise of eternal good. Because it either doesn't think that it's thirsty, or it just doesn't want the water. And in that many will continue to drink the salt water of the sea. The rebellious spirit will continue to reject with pride this great invitation to come to Christ and drink of this water. The scripture tells us in Romans 3, 4, let God be true and every man a liar. Many will accept every invitation of the world and sinful man. Why? How? Because sin makes fools out of us. Sin makes you stupid. We spend our money, we invest our time in what sin offers only to find time and time again that it does not quench the thirst that we have. It always leaves us lacking and it always will leave us lacking. Even still, the Lord is patient with us until he's not. And when he's done, he's done. When it's over, it's over. And no one knows the time. No one knows the place. We just know we better be ready. Maybe this will be the last invitation I give. Someone once said as, as preachers, we are, we are to preach as dying men to dying men. I want to preach every sermon like it's the last one I'll ever preach or like it's the last one you'll ever hear because someday that will be true. There's only one thing today that can keep you from the love of God. And it's not because he can't reach you. It's not because he can't hear your cry for help. It is simply you. It's you. You rejecting this invitation is what will keep you from eternal life. Only you can keep yourself from drinking the living water. Every soul condemned to hell will be 100% responsible for its being there. Still, he invites you. Come today. Not just to the bank, but to the water. The only place that satisfaction can be found 
is in the invitation of Jesus Christ to guilty sinners. Accept God's great invitation to be made right in Him today. To be created anew, to have life more abundantly, life everlasting. And consider this your one last invitation. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Lord, I thank you for your patience with us. God, it's incredible how as sinners we can we can hear this gospel message time after time after time after time and never actually hear it. But Lord, I pray today that someone heard it. God, as we we read last week in your word that the rain doesn't fall to the ground without doing what you sent it to do. Lord, I pray that uh, the rain of your word falls in this building today. God, I don't want to think that though it is made for those outside of this building, that it, it's set down for someone in this place today. Someone who, who maybe thought they were saved or who has pretended their whole life to have lived a life of surrender, but God, they've come to the realization today that they've only gotten as far as the bank. God, I pray for a boldness, a conviction that doesn't just bring them to the bank, but that brings them to their knees in repentance that causes their hands to cup in the stream of life and bring that crystal clear, refreshing water to their mouth that it might wash their soul clean. God, might your spirit rule and reign in this place and in these hearts today. In Jesus' name. We hope that you have enjoyed today's message from Free Christian Church in Continental Ohio, and we would like to invite you to visit us next Sunday morning. Sunday morning services begin with Sunday school at 9.30, followed by the worship service at 10.30. Free Christian Church is located on the corner of State Route 15 and State Route 634, just north of Continental. For more information regarding this or other ministries, call the church office at area code 419-596-3103 or visit our website at freechristian.church. This has been a Free Christian Church audio outreach ministries production.